0: Welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Entrepreneur. My name's Cena, and I love following the journeys of other young entrepreneurs. In this episode, I spoke with Mo Sultan, the founder of Edicat, an AI-powered edtech platform focusing on personalizing education at scale. I can't actually seem to remember, like, the last time we had an EdTech platform on the podcast before. Like, the last time I can remember is very, very far back. So it's actually really nice to have Edicat on the podcast, because I know so many of you guys want to start a business or have started a business within EdTech. It's a very, very booming sector at the moment. And so we talked about the importance of personalized learning within education for young people and how the inaccessibility of private tuition poses a large problem that AI can solve. And also how Mo is testing his platform with 150 early adopters on the platform already. And also why now is the perfect time for innovating within the space of education. It was a really great episode. I love talking about education, um, something that we haven't really talked about on the podcast before, which, which, you know, we should probably be doing more of, right? Um, But anyway, that brings us to this week's shout out. So in case you don't know, every week I'm giving a shout out to someone who's left a written review on Apple podcast as a way of saying thank you because... I know this, the support out there is very, very strong and I want to basically show you that the support is very, you know, well appreciated, basically. So this week, the shout out goes to Joseph Bush who says, Superb Cena is a brilliant host with a unique ability to ask the right engaging questions, 100% recommended. Thank you so much for that, Joseph. Uh, I think Joe was actually on the podcast. Oh, yeah, he was. He was on the podcast a few episodes ago. So please do check out his episode if you haven't already. His episode is actually on AI-powered chatbots instead of AI-powered education. So a lot of AI bouncing around as is probably predicted right so if you do want to get a shout out at the beginning of the next episode please do leave a written review on our podcast and as a thank you i'll give you a shout out in the next episode also follow us on instagram and also follow us on linkedin if you haven't already if you're big on there so yeah that's it from me enjoy the episode Mo, how you doing? Doing good, yourself? Yeah, really good, thanks. The time is currently, what is it? It's 8 p.m. on a Saturday night. That's right, the grind is real. <laughs> <laughs> but we're recording an episode and I'm really glad that, that you're on the podcast um, today because obviously we met at the Samsung event that we were both at and we were talking about a lot of exciting things, especially around how young people can really impact the sort of work, work culture today. And I think that's something that we will talk about um later on the episode and also a lot around education a lot around how like education is changing and i think you with your startup right now it's like kind of the perfect place for you to comment on these these sort of issues so i guess like before we before we start you know before we go any further how like yeah introduce yourself a bit more what is what is Edicat?
1: yeah definitely so obviously i'm uh, by the way Thanks for inviting me. Edicat. So I guess if I were to give the one-liner, it's Edicat is an AI-driven learning platform that personalizes learning to each student based on their individual needs. So it's basically born out of the idea that learning, if, if anything, should be really personalized to the individual. More than anything else, it should be learning because everyone has a different way of learning, a different kind of preference. Some people are visual learners. Some people are kind of acoustic learners. Some people like to play around with things. Um, they all have different abilities and different subjects, and they all come from a different prior understanding. Um, and so, what we want to do is we want to replicate what a one-to-one tutor would do when they sit down with the student and understand what their specific situation is and tailor a plan to them, without uh, obviously the huge expenses of private tuition.
0: So, I guess, like, obviously, I mean, we talked about this as a Samsung event, but like. Education hasn't really changed that much for, for a long, long time, especially in classrooms until probably the last sort of 10, 15 years where there's been a lot of innovation within that space, which is really exciting, especially for young people, because it's obviously not just education towards young people, but education like across the board for corporates, for you know, older people, just like mature students, whatever. And like obviously one-to-one tuition has been around for a long time. And there's there's obviously a lot of positives to to like for it. And, and one of them being, you get to really know your student, you get to really know sort of like how they learn as you mentioned before. So I guess like, was it really the motivation behind like taking the positives of one-to-one tuition and trying to make it more scalable than obviously like how it is right now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That was the main, so the, the main inspiration was that I'm actually a private tutor. Uh, I've been privately tutoring for four to five years. Uh, and so I actually saw the huge benefits like you said of being able to connect with the student and not even just on the academic side even being able to assist in, in personal matters and career matters uh, and you know I felt that it was a shame I did try to scale it and make sure that I could reach more people by working at local charities uh, but really the, there was this kind of um this compromise that you have to make and that if you want to reach more people as a private tutor you need to increase your group size which means you have to decrease the personalization and i thought surely there must be a way with modern technology to scale the uh the number of people that you can personalize learning to without reducing on that personalization element to it that was basically the inspiration behind EdiCat.
0: yeah because obviously like as the classroom as you know the group increases like by definition it's like less personal isn't it so i guess like how how does ai come into this equation how does how does technology come into this to solve this problem
1: yeah absolutely so i mean technology was obviously the first thing we thought because you know technology technology has allowed lots of different sectors to scale and reach people it hasn't been able to previously the role of ai is well we can just imagine like a tutor uh is, you know to be a tutor is quite a complex task one you need to have all of the knowledge that you that you want to actually relay to the student if you don't know it yourself you can't teach the the, the child either uh, but then also you need to be able to diagnose their ability uh, you need to be able to you know sift through the nuance and be able to deliver something in a way that they can understand be able to empathize and communicate and all of those different things, you know, it tells you that it's not a straightforward if-then kind of algorithm, right? If anything's going to solve, this is probably AI. And so that was kind of how we went in that direction. And it turns out there are some uh, algorithms called, you know, there's knowledge tracing algorithms uh, that basically just take loads of inputs and they're able to do something like this and that they can just see, you know, what kind of things does it, what does a smart student look like, right? And then it could just detect and, and look out those features and be able to understand their level
0: so i guess like would the ai make some sort of a like obviously from the data points but it would make some sort of a ideal sort of student like a model where like the the, we want them to satisfy these sort of data points these sort of kpis or whatever and would basically like when a a student takes these sort of tests or whatever it's kind of based around that as the sort of anchor as a reference point
1: yeah definitely so there's you know something called the domain model which is like like you said, the perfect student, someone who knows everything that they need to know for the exams and they understand the connections between them. And then there's the diagnosing the student to see what their kind of knowledge tree looks like or what their combination of um, like understanding across topics is like. And then you compare them and you see, you know, what is the difference between them and what would be the best or the fastest way of getting them from where they are now to like the perfect student
0: that's pretty crazy like how it can map those sort of like the fastest way to get to that stage and, and obviously the fastest way to get to that stage is based on the ideal way that they learn right it's not it's based around like them specifically
1: even if if you had two students who knew exactly the same thing it could just be because of the way that they pick up concepts uh, as we kind of mentioned earlier some people do really good with uh, i don't know making flashcards some people are really good with videos um, and, and the algorithm has to take that into account. So I, I guess, to be honest, even from the beginning, I was quite confident that that it was a problem just because I was basically solving that problem day in, day out as a tutor. Um, but I, what I also wanted to know was, are people keen on taking a technology angle to that and actually, you know, basically having like an AI robot teach them instead of a human? Um and so basically what I started off and for a very long time, it was just me talking to people about the idea and getting their feedback about it uh, and just trying to see how it could be improved. Or I thought there must be something missing from it because it wasn't something that I, I saw available. As you mentioned, um, education has been the same for a very long time. Um, and so I thought there were basically two reasons, two main reasons why um, this this thing doesn't already exist. One. It could just be that no one's thought of it, right? No one's thought to kind of challenge this big big mammoth of personalized learning. Or the other one, which was more likely is that it's actually very difficult to do all of those things. Uh, and so another big part was, okay, how can i actually you how can I actually develop this kind of algorithm um, and be able to prove on the value proposition because you actually need to develop it first in order for you to test it. and if the development cycle is really long, then that's gonna it's gonna take a really long time for you to test it, and uh, you kind of get into this into this problem uh, where it it could actually take you years until you've fully tested your value proposition.
0: So most of this business, and now it's got to the point where he's testing it with 150 early adopters on his platform. But I really want to talk to him more about how he actually started it, how he tested it, how he found the problem. I mean, we talked about that a little bit already, but how he kind of found the solution and tested that firstly without, you know, building any technology, because AI is incredibly expensive, it's incredibly, you know, timely to to build. And so there must be a phase before that, that you know, you have to do before you start actually building the technology.
1: Yeah, definitely. So we, um, after we kind of talked to people, we built up a uh, kind of a list of students who were interested in trying this out. Uh, and we started off just with using a, an adaptive assessment platform that kind of already exists at a very basic level. It's called concerto. Uh, and so basically we just put in a bunch of past paper questions and we like, we didn't even use data for the difficulties. We estimated it based on like, we just gauged using the questions. Um, and you, you pop in the difficulty levels and the algorithm just automatically, um, like outputs questions to ask them based on that. Uh, and so we started with that. We got a few students to sit them and we realized there were actually interesting things that came out of it um, in terms of benefits that we didn't initially account for. So for example, having a test that automatically adapts means that a student is never going to get questions that are too easy or too hard. So it's kind of does quite a lot for confidence as well. Um, and like making sure they're always in the, uh, in the zone. Like if you imagine in a game, you always start off with the easy kind of levels and then you Escalate towards the difficult part, and our algorithm was just doing that automatically. Um, and then once we saw that that kind of like the adaptive assessment experience worked, they were getting good um, kind of recommendations in terms of which topics to cover. Uh, we then decided to you know take some go into a direction that actually looks a bit more um, like our end product, uh, in that we'll give them like specific learning outcomes that they need to focus on. And actually get them to you know do the videos and then come back and see see what effect it actually has on them. So for that, we all we did was we uh, took out a Google Drive. We uh, kind of just shared it with the students. Uh, we put in past papers inside the drive. We just got them to complete it and just upload scans. So so far, the experience has zero like actual building involved in it. It's just kind of being creative with what tools already exist. Um, and then. Once they did that, we came in and we manually um, like marked them and gave the recommendations. Put the recommendations on the drive.
0: That's really really interesting. So I guess like at the at the start it was like extremely extremely manual. But it's like how at the start what like how did you test that you know um, that personalization can also be inputted if that makes sense? Because that that process that you just described doesn't sound like that personal if that makes sense. Because you can't really analyze data different mm. data points to make it more personal.
1: Oh yeah, so. I mean, I mean, the thing is, because you've got kind of a human in front of it, it's, it's weird, like, they've always kind of investigated this, how is it that um, a human with a very few kind of data points can usually make a lot more kind of accurate uh, deductions than than AI can? Um, I guess it's just out of experience, because I've done it so many times. Um, I know by looking at just a few tests, I'll probably get a good idea of where the student's level is. Uh, I, I guess the more difficult part was actually thinking: Is it possible for me to technologize this, or am I just, you know, imagining something that isn't there?
0: So, so I guess like Mo, where is where is uh, Eticat right now? Where where is the platform now? And like, kind of like what? How many iterations has it gone to to like get to this stage now?
1: Yeah. So um at the moment, what we're doing is we're actually focusing more so uh, on developing the AI the AI aspect of it. So we've got the basic algorithm in uh, that adapts. And what we want to do is we now just want to collect data from uh, students to actually see what kind of logic we need to apply to the data in order for them, for us to construct like an optimal path for them to improve. And so one thing that we're very excited about, which we'll be actually releasing quite soon, is uh, this idea of data-driven tuition. So taking existing one-to-one tuition um, and making it cheaper, so rather than just completely eliminating it, making it cheaper by allow, by kind of equipping them with these data-driven tools to understand the student's performance. Um, and so basically the tutor would just be coming in and, and teaching rather than actually having to figure out what what level they're at. Uh, and so what we want to do is we want to take that information and we want the teacher to have some input into what the personalized learning path should be. So that tells us quite a bit about how good our algorithm is because if it's very similar to what a human tutor would recommend then we're probably stepping you know in in the right direction um and at the same time be able to be you know build a real connection with with our customers uh you know on a face-to-face level rather than just they're always using our platform behind the screen
0: so what's the sort of like route to market here like who do you who like obviously you're building that technology but who are you testing on specifically i guess like who who would you go to
1: yeah so uh... I mean, to begin with, just because I'm a tutor, uh, my students are the first, I guess, customers of of this uh, platform Um, and they've kind of agreed to also uh, share this with other people. So we've reached, uh, we have 150 early adopters in our mailing list um, who want to start using our platform. Um, And the idea is that the customer will always, or should we say the end user will always be students but the customer is going to change. So initially, we want to target parents. We want to kind of go the B2C route uh, because there's a bit more incentive for a parent to go out and make sure that their child's doing okay on the academic side. And then, But eventually, what we want to do is we want to kind of pivot into schools and tuition centers because we think that's how we can most effectively reach the mass market. If you get one school on board, uh, you've enrolled some 1,000 students straight off that uh so we're quite excited about that uh although we obviously need to kind of build up the brand and make sure that everything's working before uh, we go we go in that direction
0: that is really exciting i guess like because i haven't seen anything like this to be honest i have i've seen a lot of like obviously edtech platforms but none that like really want to scale the sort of like essence of what private tuition is and it is that personalized learning experience and i guess like having it so that it can be scaled. And there is a huge piece here of, you know, there's a lot of people that can't afford private tuition and this would make it like very, very affordable for a lot of people because it, it, it's software at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's, that's actually been one of our primary um, kind of, I guess, should we say drivers is that we don't think that education should be something that, you know, a, a pay to win almost, right? Where if you've got a lot of money to spend on private tuition and, and platforms and stuff, we want it to be something that everyone can access. Uh, we actually believe that it's a it's a right for people to access high quality education. And honestly, you know, even if we talk about this wider the wider issues of automation and, um, you know, how we basically need a more skilled workforce for the future, I think all of that ties in quite nicely with what we're doing. We obviously need a better way of educating our uh, kind of our younger generations. Um, and making sure that they they have skills that are equipped that will well equip them for uh kind of the future of work
0: yeah no 100 percent, 100 percent. and i think like something that we that we mentioned before um again at the samsung event as well is i guess like you've grown this team to where it is now uh and it's like it's grown to well actually how many people are on the team now?
1: So currently we've got 6 people.
0: And you've got and you've got like people from like all different all different sort of backgrounds and they've been in corporate environment they've been in they've been in like obviously startups. And I guess it's like how do you manage that now? Like because it's kind of something that I'm kind of like going up with now like at first as as a sort of founder of of Wing it was just like me and like a couple friends. And now it's got to a stage where we've got like a growing team they're looking for like what to do and like they're looking to like me like what like basically asking me what to do and stuff and it's like it's got to a stage now where it's like you actually have to manage people where it was like before it was just a few friends doing like having fun you know um so i guess like how how do you manage that sort of environment where some people have had that corporate sort of background and other people have that startup background
1: yeah definitely it's it is um, you know quite difficult especially um you know where quite early stage in terms of in terms of our careers we haven't really um you know been out there and done much I'd say one really huge thing is uh I've got my co-founder Vamsi who's had quite a lot of corporate experience um kind of work usually usually in strategy so he's an ex-strategy consultant uh from Deloitte uh and so he's kind of got a bit more uh should we say experience when it comes to there are you know just certain things that are more efficient like if you Work enough, you understand that there are certain routes, certain ways of doing things, should we say? Uh, but then there's also the other side, um, which is that a startup environment is very different from a corporate environment, right? Like with startups, sometimes you don't always think five, ten years down the line. You want to just think, what you know, what should we be doing to maximize our, our progress towards our idea within the next month, right? Um, and sometimes you're going to do something, you're going to develop something. That isn't going to be very useful in three months' time, but you need it just to make sure that, uh, you know, you've fully tested the idea that you've de-risked the uh, business business model as much as possible. Um, and I guess the, the, uh, what I would say is the best way of, of managing those two, I guess, differences is ultimately just thinking logically about what's best for the business at that stage. So... Sometimes you need to be, you need to make sure that um, or how should I say sometimes the best thing is making sure, like if you're a few years into your business and you're pretty sure that, okay, this, this thing is going to work. Then at that point it's more important to think about scale and sustainability. Whereas when when you're in your early stage and you're not so confident in the business proposition, you think you could go in a completely different direction. I think those are the stages where you need to have a really kind of startup mindset, do things quickly, and and uh, you know make do with what tools you have available.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I really like that. Yeah, for sure. So, Mo, what is sort of like next? Because obviously we're reaching the end of the podcast now. So, what is what is next for EddyCat now?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I guess immediately we uh, we, we want to get started on uh, data driven tuition. So, enroll a cohort of twenty five to begin with. Um, students who will be using our platform alongside uh, tutors Uh, but what we want to do is we want to have collected data by end of the year uh, hopefully enough for us to have some good uh, assessment that we can actually uh, start doing you know social uh, impact testing right like how does this affect disadvantaged students differently from advantaged students what are the exact like improvements that this has Um, and then hopefully also just raise around so we can continue iterating on our product and get to a point where it's 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 kind of even uh, you know let's say halfway what a tutor would do in terms of personalization that would be a huge win
0: yeah i that's amazing i think i think i think it's 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 such a good place to be and it's the right time to be as well because obviously with like uh like pandemic and stuff like everything has changed when it comes to education and like right now, I feel like the adoption rate of technologies within that education space is is very high. It's the highest it's probably, it's ever been. So I think it's a very exciting space. And I love the sort of like making education more accessible to a lot of different people making that personalized education more accessible. I absolutely love that. So I think like, I, I, yeah i want to wrap up there because it's like a lovely message to end on so mo thank you so much for coming on the podcast it was such a pleasure having you on how can people stay in touch with you and eddie cats going into the future
1: yeah so you can uh, follow us on our social media on linkedin just type in eddie cat learning uh, or you can go to eddycat.co.uk uh and you can kind of see what we're doing there if you're interested
0: sweet thank you so much mo we'll chat soon thank you so much thanks Bye. Thank you so much for staying at the very end of this episode of The Millennium Entrepreneur. It's such a pleasure talking with Mo and I hope you did enjoy it. If you did, please be sure to leave a five-star written review on our podcast. And as a thank you, I'll give you a shout out in the next episode, you have my word. If you're not on Apple, if you have an iPhone, then there's other ways to support the podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, follow us on LinkedIn, subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, All of those things are massive, massive help for, for us, you know, growing as a podcast channel. I can't thank you guys enough for the support you've already given and yeah, more support is always welcome of course. So yeah, that's it from me. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy your day and I'll catch you in the next episode.